This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Kelly Moore in for Cam. Jim Toth is still here as well. We have some unfinished business, but we do listen. Uh, We do listen to the suggestions of the faithful listeners of this program. And yesterday, uh, there wasn't a name attached to the text. So if you're listening again, uh, shoot a quick text with your name. Uh, The the, uh, listener who made the request or suggestion, hey, why don't you guys do an all all-star team of players who were never drafted because yesterday we were yeah. talking about the best second round picks of this current generation. And one of the things we also promised Jim just before, and we're going to do that. Okay. We are going to do that. I've compiled the list. Toth will uh, knock every one of them down, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've compiled the list of both current and past uh, undrafted uh, players who went on to have spectacular NHL careers or having uh, some pretty good ones right now. Uh, but we also said, Jim, in uh, addition to our conversation about the second round picks uh, from 2000 through 2023, we were going to do a review of who the Winnipeg Jets have taken in the second round and who might be considered to be the best of all. So just before we go to our uh, free agent discussion, uh, over the years, uh, the Winnipeg Jets have selected a total of nine players in the second round. Or 10, rather. 10 players. Right. Yeah, because in 2013, they took both Nick Patan and Eric Comrie right. uh, in the second round. They didn't have second round picks in 2011, 2014, or 2016, and 2023. So that's why those years won't be mentioned. But it starts with Lucas Sutter in 2012. Yeah. Uh, and then we mentioned Patan and Comrie in 13. Jansen Harkins in 2015, and up until last year, maybe Jansen might have been part of the discussion for best second-round pick, which is somewhat of an indictment on the players the Jets have taken in the second round. I like Jansen Harkins, but let's face it, he's not even established himself as a full-time NHLer yet. Right. We thought he was going to, but uh, ran into a bit of a brick wall last year. Dylan Sandberg. Now, that right, right now, Jim, would be my selection as the best uh, second round pick the Jets have ever made. Yeah, I I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay, uh, Simon Lundmark. Oh, sorry, David Gustafson in 2018 when the Jets did not have a first rounder. Uh, Simon Lundmark in 19, Daniel Torgerson in 20, and two players who are totally unproven at this particular point in their careers, but just might wind up challenging Dylan Sandberg for that best second-round pick of all would be Nikita Chibrikov in 2021. Holy smokers, Jim, watching him at that development camp, his release, I I think he's going to be a favorite for Manitoba Moose fans this year. And he's been signed, right? Yes, he was. He signed his ELC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he signed, ready to go. Uh, Remember, he signed the... uh, I think it was the professional tryout, just right, so he could yeah. be with the Moose during the playoff run right. and come over here. But, yeah, he's good to go. And then Elias Solomonson, uh, who's also signed, but that's going to be a deal that gets backed up because he has to complete his uh, uh, contract uh, uh, agreements with the Swedish league team. Right, yeah. yeah. So I think Chibrikov and, and Solomonson, the book's not even started on them yet. 
but I, I would say, uh, so we're, we finally agree on something. Dylan Sandberg, the best second-round pick to date for the Jets. Yes, I, I, and I think we'll agree on a couple more here. I, I think Dylan Sandberg is the best second-round pick to this date of the Winnipeg Jets, and, and quite possibly, and, and I agree with you with the last two draft picks, um, we don't know, but all indications are they could be pretty dynamic, but we'll have to wait and see. But right now, I, I do think it's still in Sandberg. I think he becomes, uh, well, I think he became a regular last year other than the injuries. I really like, you know, the mistake he made against Vegas in the overtime yeah. game, but that I don't really like that. But I really like <laughs> the way he bounced back in the world yes. championships. Yeah. And and I thought the game five, he played okay as well in, in Vegas as well. Like I, I thought I he played okay in game four. I, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I... <laughs> Game five was such a nightmare. Right. But yeah. and I'm just saying because of that mistake, yes. you never know what a young yeah. player did, like that. He wore it the next day, yes. but he had uh he he'd thrown up in the laundry by the time game four was. And to around. me, Kelly, it speaks to the development of, you know, he went back to college a couple of times. Mm-hmm. People were worried that if he'd ever sign here, um it just it's never a deterrent when a player wants to do that for various reasons and i think it's really helped him uh, at the world championship how he bounced back from the playoffs too and i think he's a solidified top four in this team i, I mean i'm not going to tell rick bonus how to play him and, and we'll figure that out as we go forward because of you're not going to tell bonus how to coach <laughs> Brendan Dillon, does that no. count for all josh, season <laughs> yeah and josh morrissey well i will question Holy. some things i'm sure um, but you heard I, it here, folks. Okay, <laughs> you're going to hold toast to that. He's a bona fide NHLer now, yeah. and um, of the second round picks we see on this list, he's he's very good. Um, I will I, say I'd like the to most. See, I'd like to see him challenge for a top four spot. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. that you know if he's good enough, I think it's one of those situations, Kelly, that coming out of camp, like they'll have Morrissey and Brendan Dillon and and Dylan Sandberg. And I really think that as the season goes on and depending how injuries, I, I could see him mid-season moving up to more minutes and, yeah. and maybe well, getting a top four role. And I think if he pr- pushes for that, then I think we see a better version of Neil Pionk. Right. You know, I, I think Pionk responds favorably when he's pushed for playing time. And, you know, the other thing, Jim, did Dylan Sandberg not have the hardest shot in the Jet skills he competition? Did, yeah. So, you know, someone texted in yesterday about why won't they try Logan Stanley on the point? I'm thinking, you know what? They've talked about creating more offensively for Dylan Sandberg. Now, maybe they don't want to give too many minutes to him because he's such a he's such a strong penalty killer. He does a great job blocking shots. So yeah. maybe they don't think at this stage of his career he's ready for both assignments yet. But at one point, at some point, you've, I think you've got to do it. So. I, and I think the point is we're both making is I think going into this year the training wheels are off. Like he yeah. he will with his play dictate the role he'll have. He'll have a role. Yeah. How significant will be dictated by his play and his continued development. So, um, I, I, going the other way, like I agree with you with Jansen Harkins, a fine second round pick. He hasn't established himself as a bona fide NHLer yet. We'll see where that goes. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised maybe he wasn't included in the L.A. deal. Um, yeah. But I think that could also speak to the fact that... L.A. could not take on any more no, money. No, no more money. And and uh, who knows if any more deals fall out. But I still think he has a chance with this organization. Do you? I, I do if he's how do, here. How does he get into the lineup without a boatload of injuries, Jim? Well, that's just it. He has to have... There has to be some injuries, and then he has to make an impact. The key to yeah. Jansen Harkins is, is when he does get in the lineup, however it is, which, as I agree, that the window for him getting in is closing yes. if, uh, very, very quickly, or has, is he's got to perform. Yeah. he's he To me, he's one of those players that he's too good to be an AHL player, yeah. and what his role needs to be in the National Kinda Hockey like League, he's franchise. not good enough at. He's in the mushy middle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the prime thing there. Yeah. I would argue that what I will say, though, is I think the second best 
second-round pick for the Jets is Eric Comrie. Um, and, and I know he hasn't solidified as a bona fide starter, but he's he's legitimately been an NHLer. He's yeah. he's carved out an Staying NHL career. Staying healthy is the issue exactly. for, for Eric. I don't yeah. think he'll ever start, but uh, at this stage of his career, but I think he'll have a long career uh, in the National Hockey League. I will say the most disappointing to me is Nick Patan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew Nicholas Patan when when he was in the WHL. I liked everything about his game. But I could, I knew even then when he was putting up hundred yeah. point seasons in Portland. And it's not just Winnipeg because he's no. bounced around from Toronto, yeah. Vancouver, he's in Minnesota now. Minnesota. now. Yeah. Um, uh, and and the biggest thing is, is even when he was a, a highly touted prospect coming out of Portland Winterhawks in the WHL, was his you he was doing things offensively and his all round game that you can't get away with at the pro game. And having covered that season where he was a rookie with the Manitoba Moose. Um, that's the one thing I could tell Keith McCambridge couldn't get out of his game. Yeah. Even in practice, he would get a puck along the wall, make a nice move, and then skate backwards towards the center of the zone to, to wrist a shot. And yeah. I'm like, you can't skate backwards like that in the pro game. You're, yeah. It doesn't work. And so everything about his offensive game is there. It's just his defensive play never came to fruition. Okay, I'm not going to run out of clock today because Forche is going to send me out of town in a covered wagon if I don't. Uh, Just a quick message here from uh, Andre via text at 204-780-6868. And I think there's some validity to this. He says, if Dylan Sandberg is the Jets' best second rounder, Chevy hasn't done very well in the second round. And... uh, I would agree with that to a point. When you look at the second rounders that have been picked over the years uh, in the NHL draft overall, you know, a lot of teams would fall into that category. So, but I, I, I don't know that I could disagree with what you've just said there, Andre, for sure. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Rasmus Kupari signed to a two-year deal, or I guess extended is, uh, or re-signed would be the better terminology. Uh, two years, a one million dollar average annual value. So that leaves two point seven million in the cupboard uh, for Logan Stanley and Declan Chisholm. That should be able to happen. You would think so. Uh, maybe with a couple of pennies to spare. They might even actually say, look. I wonder what the holdup is there. Between the two of us, you got 50 bucks left. <laughs> yeah. I'll take 25 and he can yeah. take, no. Um, yeah, and I think that's why there's still some work to be done here. You can definitely get those two under contract and go into the training camp and have yeah. a season. But Kevin Chevaldeff has said throughout his entire career that any NHL team should have at least at least one, but one to two million dollars to play yeah, with. For sure, the they're going to have to try to sneak one of them through on yes, waivers. Yeah, they and are. There's a chance that one could get claimed. Right now, it's a um, question of whether do you think Kyle Capobianco or Declan Chisholm would have a better would be more appealing to a, another team. I think Logan Stanley would be more appealing to another team. Or Declan Chisholm, you say, yeah, you're going to yeah, keep Logan Stanley. I, th- yeah. I think you don't want to lose Stanley unless you can yeah, get something I would think for Declan him. Chisholm would, much like Kovacevic last year on the, the waiver wire. Yeah. Um, I think he would, I, I think Chisholm would be more. Um, yeah, more susceptible. More to being, susceptible yeah. to going on the waivers. But it's not a lot of room, but it, it, it also speaks to Kelly, even though there's two more contracts to be done, good management, like you're not over right now. Right, yeah, or, like so, some of the other teams are. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break here for the news with Jeff Braun and come back with that NHL undrafted team of stars here on Jets at Noon. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Kelly Moore sitting in for Cam Poitras here on Jets at Noon. Jim Toth is here as well. And yesterday, while we were doing uh, uh, our uh, uh, synopsis of the best second round picks, 
Uh, since uh, 2000 and including 2023, uh, there was the suggestion made uh, by uh, a listener who, who's uh, chimed in again, uh, but uh, we don't have a name. So uh, would really I like I like to use names, but if you want to remain anonymous, I get it. Uh, but suggest you know why don't you guys do a show on the best players who were never drafted? And I, I like and so this. Toth said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Kelly, go do the homework. <laughs> Toth thinks he's Mr. Braun now. Uh, so I did the homework, Toth. Let me run these names by you. And it's funny, Mario chimed in and said his goaltender would be Eddie Balfour. Hard to, wow, hard to yeah. argue with Eddie the Eagle. You know, it's it's interesting because he was at the Rady Sports Dinner, Ken Cronson yeah. Rady Sports Dinner with Chris Chelios and Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. And hearing them talk their stories and his career going from North Dakota, from Carmen to North Dakota to, to his first day signing in Chicago, and he right. missed his flight. Yeah. And he wasn't, they, they were signing another college star that day or a draft pick. And he was like, in an absolute panic at the Winnipeg airport because he's like, they're going to think I'm some diva and I'm yeah. not even drafted. And I, that's what reminded me that the great yeah. Ed Belfort wasn't even drafted. Yeah. Curtis Joseph and Chico Resch are my backup netminders on that team. But Eddie's my starter. Yeah, yeah. I think so for he's sure. He's Mario's starter as well. Mario mentioned Boria Salming and Brian Rafalski on the defense. I don't even have Rafalski in my top rotation. I have him as an honorable mention. Uh, for my top pairing, I agree with Boria Salming. Are you old enough to remember oh, yeah. watching BJ? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and Charlie Huddy, they're my number one pairing. Uh, yeah, I said to you today, I was I, I was shocked to think, I didn't know Charlie Huddy was yeah. not drafted. Yeah, yeah. no, I know. Uh, Dan Boyle and Steve Duchesne would be my number two pairing. My number three pairing, and I kind of went with a shut, more of a shutdown physical type of pairing here, Jamie McCowan. Right. Somewhere Greg Mackling is saying, you can't take McCowan after what he needed to duck. nemesis. Uh, Dan Girardi, who I think was one of the more underappreciated yeah. defensemen, other than at Madison Square Garden, where they got a chance to watch him a lot. But uh, I really like Girardi. And then uh, for my uh, extra pair that could probably do uh, a number of things in the play, uh, case of injuries, Grant Ledyard, the Manitoban, and uh, Randy Gregg who I thought yeah. was also very underrated. You know, uh, played amongst all those stars uh, with Edmonton, but I thought did a great job. And then honorable mentions, the four, the aforementioned Brian Rafalski, uh, Josh Georges, and Randy Latticeur. And people are thinking, oh, Latticeur, the guy played almost 1,000 games in the NHL. He must have been doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that, that's my defense. Do you have a problem with any of those names, or have I missed anybody? Totally? No, I don't. I like Mark Giordano uh, as an undrafted player. He's still playing. Yes, Wait. well, that's true. Wait, that's we true. are going to do our present okay. day lineup. Toth. Fair enough. Fair enough. Toth, um, play by the rules, man, for the first time in your life. But I think, and maybe it's because I personally know his story a little bit when he was playing for actually Ryan McGill. With the what was the the one farm team when they were in Omaha? Omaha, Omaha, yeah. 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 Um, I did the play by play for the Moose that year, right? Yeah. And, and he he, uh, I remember talking to Ryan McGill, their coach at the time, because I covered Western Hockey League when he was in there, and he was telling me about. I said, "What about Giordano?" And this kid looks good and stuff. And he goes, S he, "Sutter won't sign him. Sutter doesn't blah blah blah." blah. So he went to Russia. And then yeah. I remember a year or two later uh, in the summer running into McGill, and he was aflame by then. And I yeah. said, so what happened with that? And he said, well, Sutter went to Russia okay. and said, okay, I'll give you a... Yeah, he's going to be our number two okay. yeah. on our number two defense pair on the present day team. We're working on the past year right now, Toth. Okay. Okay. So we're, we, I think we've got uh, as good a, a, 
uh, set of set of ice minutes you could possibly have. Uh, the first line, Alfie Nielsen with Anders Hedberg, and no, Bobby Hall was drafted. Uh, and and Greg Gus Adams. You know, Adams uh, was an outstanding player uh, during his time with the Vancouver Canucks. He also played for New Jersey and I think Dallas as well in his career. But in Vancouver is where he had most of his success. Uh, and then my second line uh, would be Peter Stastny. Right. Centering Steve Thomas and Martin Saint-Louis. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you like that line? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the number three line, and again, they could play it just about any way you want it. Joel Otto. And then can you imagine having to go out against the Jeff Cortnell and Dino Cicerelli on the same team? <laughs> yeah. If nothing else, you, they'd get you a power play opportunities left, right, and center because Cortnell and Cicerelli in particular were absolutely miserable to play against. And Mark Meshe to this day, I believe, or at least the last <laughs> time I heard Otto. talk about it, said Joel Otto was his nemesis. If there's one yeah. guy he could not or he struggled in the faceoff circle with over and over again was Joel Otto. My fourth line, my fourth line would be Dave Poulin, Centering Alex Burroughs and Mike Keane. I think that'd be a pretty good fourth uh, line. I think you're you're forgetting somebody here. Who am I forgetting? Adam Oates. No, he I give him an honorable mention. So you're okay. Gonna, okay so I would uh, take of, Oates of, over Burroughs. No, but Oates is a center. Oates is a center. Okay. Well, I'd take him over Poolin actually too. Yeah, okay, I tried to set up my lines as hockey lines, but if you're just going with star players, is Adam Oates going to be able to do the job for you as a fourth-line setter? Or are you going to play him ahead of Alfie Nielsen or Peter Stastny in an offensive role? I might play him up in the top six, yeah. Okay, so who's getting bounced, Nielsen or or Stastny? I'll say Nielsen. Okay, Alf Nielsen, holy. Are you old enough to remember Alf Nielsen? I don't, I know his... Okay. Uh, legacy. Yeah. I don't you didn't remember see watching him play. play no. Okay. okay. But I, I'm I bringing, don't think you'd say that if you had a chance to see all. But Nelson I'm bringing play. 1,420 points to the table in 1,300 games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that, I uh, I can agree with that 100. percent But uh, you're right. I I didn't see Nielsen play. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, still though, I'm I, aware of his career and his stats, but I did not see him play. The I guess the uh, the the moral of this story is. <laughs> All of these guys were undrafted. Now, somebody also mentioned Wayne Gretzky, and I have a little bit of an issue putting Wayne on this. Yes, he was never drafted, but trust me, if he had not signed with the WHA, he would have been drafted in a heartbeat number one overall. That's what I was going to wonder about, too, like the the whole story of, and I I think some of our listeners don't know the story of Wayne Gretzky. I think they just assume he was the number one pick overall at that year, but um, he 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 went pro as He was undrafted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but so that's why I kind of skipped over uh, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, just uh, before we go uh, to break here, and then we'll come back with our present day lineup, which Toth has already uh, decided he's going to uh, yeah. start to talk about. I do here. like your Mike Keane pick, though. Yeah. Oh. Do, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, okay. This one doesn't have anything to do with uh, the uh, the undrafted lineup that we just talked about, but. Uh, and no name either. To me, it's a no-brainer. Logan Stanley has proven to be a huge disappointment during his time here. Uh, demanded to be traded. Well, that, there was a report of that. He did not confirm that himself. Uh, him still being here shows no one wants him. So put him on waivers and let him disappoint another club. I don't know that you can just let him walk for free. I don't know why you would want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex, Martin Saint-Louis. Okay, good. So uh, Alex agrees with us. 
Uh, how about Martin Saint-Louis? He wasn't drafted, so Mark uh, mentioned this before we uh, talked about Martin. Uh, wasn't the great one undrafted, and we just discussed that as well. So, yeah. yeah. No, the great one was not undrafted, and he appears on a lot of those lists. But, again, because of the ex- extenuating circumstances, he was not skipped over. <laughs> he would have been. Yeah. He would have been drafted in a heartbeat. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like yeah. he would have been the number one draft it's, pick without a without a question. It's no fun when you agree with me, Tolt. Maybe we can have. <laughs> well, we some, have our Adam Oates. We yeah, have that. Well, we did have our Adam Oates. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will uh, get back to more uh, discussion here. Keep those texts coming in. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Should we plant the seed now for a free for all Friday for tomorrow? Yes, I think we should. It's okay. free for all Friday. Which today, if you sent us some of these takes, we're we're criticizing them and having a discussion with you. But tomorrow it's I'll think about it. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like the, the the let get rid of Logan Stanley huge yeah. disappointment. Tomorrow I'll think about that. But yeah. today I'm like I don't know why you'd want to let him go for nothing. Yeah, I do know the the story, Alan. Thanks for sharing it though. Don't forget Wayne Gretzky was in fact never drafted into the NHL. Uh, we we uh, certainly discussed that uh, when the Oilers joined. Gretzky was signed to a personal services contract, but. He is, I still think it's a different kettle of fish uh, than some of those guys like the Dino Cicerellis, like the Alex Burroughs, like the Martin San Luis. Yeah. You, uh, know what? you know why this list is so great too, Kelly? Because you and I were discussing it. Back when some of these guys came into the league, there was 20, 21 teams. Yeah, yeah. And now there's 10 extra teams and it's it, really, it's harder not to get drafted exactly. if you have some talent. But that's why there could be some serious discussion here on this present right. day team that we'll get to next here on Jets at Noon. Jets at Noon. On 680-CJOB. It's Kelly Moore in for Cam. Jim Toth is here. Just uh, very quickly on that past uh, undrafted team. We didn't get to this but because uh, Jim and I got into that discussion uh, between Oates and Alf Nilsson. But Mike Ridley and John Madden uh, were honorable mentions. John Madden, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. The puck gets dropped for the faceoff, whether you're ready or not. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, at left wing, our honorable mentions, Chris Kunitz, Dave Tippett, and Jason Blake. Chris uh, Kunitz. Yeah, yeah. yeah, remember him, yeah. And uh, uh, honorable mention, Tim Kerr uh, at right wing. You know, and, and if yes. Tim could have just stayed healthy. Yeah. You know, if Tim Kerr could have played in the NHL now where you cannot use a guy's back as a uh, battering ram, you know, for cross-checking defensemen. Uh, Imagine how many goals he could have scored. Indeed. There's so many players like that, too. But those are some great names. like undrafted. Those guys went undrafted. And that's what I mean. Like, I remember those names. I remember the style that they played. I remember how long their careers were and to think that they were undrafted. But this is why this list is important now is because, again, it was harder not to get drafted back then. Present-day lineup. Okay, these are guys who are currently playing in the National Hockey League who were never drafted. Our number one goaltender is Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, his backup is Alexander Georgiev, and Cam Talbot is our goaltender in waiting. All three of those were undrafted. None wow. of those guys were drafted. Wow, a Vesna winner in there. Okay, the number one defense pair, Chris Tanev and Zach Whitecloud. Okay. okay. Number two defense pair, the aforementioned Mark Giordano and Neil Pionk. Right. Uh, the number three defense pair, Tori Krug. And Brendan Dillon. And again, I'm putting Dillon in there because you have to have some sandpaper somewhere I uh, like on Dillon. that defense court. Yeah, I knew yeah. he was undrafted. I didn't know Tory Krug wasn't drafted. My yeah, my uh, backup, you know, in case of injuries or other things, Andy Green and Nate Schmidt. 
Good picks. Okay. Good, good, solid group there, yeah, Kelly. We're 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 a little thin down the middle, Jim. <laughs> we're just a tad thin down this, the middle. This is where my point about there was less teams yeah. back then. So yeah, Tyler Johnson is our number one setter, uh, but I like our wingers. Artemi Pernarin, the bread man on the left side, right. and Jonathan Marchesso, uh, the Conn Smythe uh, Trophy winner on the right side. Dynamic. I like the wingers too. Yeah. <laughs> All due respect to Tyler Johnson. Uh, well, he's just fallen off a cliff is the yeah, problem. I has. like the well, way his it, career it started. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. health and... Yeah. Uh, our number two uh, setter, we've had to move him up. He, he'd he be a great number three, but Yanni Gord of Seattle right. is our number two setter, flanked by Matt Zuccarello and Ivan Barbashev. Man, the wingers are outstanding on this team. They're Yeah, they're pretty darn good for sure. I'm a big Zuccarello fan. I've always liked him. Our third line is Tyler Bolzak centering Alex Iafalo and Frank Vetrano. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, and then our fourth line, Noel Achari, who I think is perfectly slotted in there, uh, as are Tanner Janot and Garnet Hathaway. That would be a tough line to play against. That's a great fourth line. Yeah. Yeah, some honorable mentions, Frederick Gaudreau of uh, Minnesota and Ilya McKay of, of Vancouver, and before that, of course, was with Toronto. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those are all players currently on NHL rosters. So. I might bump Tyler Bozak in his prime up to the second line. Yeah, well, that, I kind of fought with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other than yeah. that, I agree. Yeah, yeah and then Gord would be better suited to As play third, on yeah. that third line with Iafalo and Frank Vetrano. Yeah. yeah, that's the only change I would make. Yeah. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, we're going to have a free for all Friday uh, coming up. And I hope uh, if you have any more suggestions, fire them our way. You know, yep. uh, it, it, these are the dog days of August. We know you have things that you want to talk about that are Jets related, uh, but we also try to keep things fresh around here as well. So hopefully we've been able to do that uh, over these past few days with some of the ideas we've had. Uh, and it, so for free for all Friday, uh, lots of uh, texts to get through. We'll try to get through as many of them as we can. Uh, hey, guys, reluctant to text because I'm always ignored, but I was listening just now, and I think Al McGinnis, best slap shot ever, should have been on that list. And then he goes, oops, sorry, he was drafted. Yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. was going to say, I think Al McGinnis is drafted. Yeah, but. yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you listen, Corey, we you, keep on uh, finally weighing in, if you will, please, because uh, uh, we'll try to uh, uh, get to everybody here. Yeah, that uh, was Jacob, actually. We'll get to you, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jacob, yeah. Let me rephrase that Mike Ridley and Mike Keene both undrafted. Yes, they were. Uh, we took Mike Keen. Mike Ridley was one of our honorable mentions, though, that uh, we just couldn't find a spot for him at center. Mike Keen's career for an undrafted player is outstanding. Yeah. Three, three yeah. Stanley oh. Cups with three different teams, highly sought after. You know, Jim, uh, in the 22 years that I did play-by-play, and uh, that would include some pretty good teams in Kamloops in the junior ranks, uh, and then, you know, had a cup of coffee at the NHL level. Uh, but, you know, those 10 years at the Manitoba Moose, I can say quite confidently the best leader I ever saw uh, for the teams that I broadcast for was Mike Keene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, that year I did some Moose games a couple seasons ago when they were back, and Chase DeLeo and Nick Patan, and those were the guys on the team. Eric Comrie was yeah. there. Um, it really stood out when I would go to some practices. Mike Keene would be on the ice. Yeah. And it was – it was. I mean, they knew he was a coach and stuff, but you, I could tell that um, – they, they didn't know who Mike was, yeah. which everybody knows who Mike is in the in the NHL world. But these young players are coming out. My point to this is quite often once a week, like he would, like he was still a just player a at practice. Yeah. Like, hey, let's uh, get in the circle again. That's not how you, but like yeah. just kind of like, and so they were to him yeah. a coach, 
But I'm like sitting there going, I'd listen to him if I were you. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. A guy that who has three rings, I yeah. think you might just want to pay and a little bit of attention. And carved out a career as an undrafted player for yeah. oh, close to 20 years. I, I would be paying attention here. Unnamed texter writes, and I always thought Shifley could have been to the Jets franchise what Patrice Bergeron was to Boston, uh, but I guess that's not meant to be too bad. Well, don't, I wouldn't write that off yet. I just, I don't know that it's a done deal that Mark Shafley is moving on. I, I, and I'm, I've come around on that Kelly. Yeah. Like I, I think that the fact that it hasn't gone, it's gone quiet and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I do my, this is my own personal feeling. I have no right. insight on it, but my personal feeling is, is I think they revisit possibly what they could get as a return. But I, it, I'm 50, 50 now on whether Mark Shifley isn't not offered to, to re up and, and stick around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob says, I'm not sure if Gretzky would have been drafted number one. A lot of people thought he was too small to play at the time. Uh, any of those guys on your teams are all-stars that weren't drafted because you can't tell the future. <laughs> so true, uh, Rob. Although, yeah, and, and also he says nobody would have thought uh, Gretzky would have had 28 points, uh, 2,800 points when he retired. True that, but I think with that performance that he ter- put in at the World Junior Tournament uh, as a 16-year-old, I think he would have been drafted. I'll just say this about if he would have been That'll drafted be first overall. He had 182 points and 70 goals yeah. in 63 games as last year with the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah. I think he would have gone number one overall. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.